Coaches in the game, <laughs> we really ain't playing. We regroup up in the Slack chat where the coaches debrief. We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block, helmets casket is top. You be seeing helmet after helmet, helmet after helmet. First place, second place, fifth place, eighth place, twelfth place, fifteen, sixteen, twenty. So many helmets, you got blurred vision, we got too many. Get your check. Oh man, shit. <laughs> they got us fucked up. Army, regroup. We pledge always to have that edge We don't fire warning shots Competition just dropped We locked and loaded before lock Whatever the time, yeah Do you even correlate? Being the best requires a willingness to outwork your competition There's always someone smarter, faster, sharper More naturally gifted to come around What's up, everyone? Kevin Allen here from DFS Army, and I am back for the first Daily Fantasy Football breakdown of the 2020 season. This is an exciting day. I've been waiting for it for a long time. Um, real quick, for those of you who are new, I'm the founder and CEO of DFS Army. A um, couple details about myself here. First episode of the season, you know, a little bit of my background here. I've been playing DFS since 2011 crushing it on the regular um currently ranked uh let's see here 108 overall tournament player of the year last season i finished the year ranked number 84 overall for nfl so i play a lot of daily fantasy football that's what i do and today we're going to take a first look a way too early look at the at the DraftKings week one nfl slate of games and the salaries, which came out a couple of weeks ago. As I record this, it is August 20th, so we're still about three to four weeks away from this slate actually taking place, uh, 9-13. So let's call it about four weeks or so away from three and a half weeks, maybe four, from the slate going down. And even though this is an unusual preseason with no preseason games and just training camp and stuff, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be a lot of things that happen between now and the actual slate going off that changes things. So what we want to just do is get a first look, a quick glance, get a feel for things, get the juices flowing for daily fantasy football. Gotta love it. So the first thing I do every time there is a slate, every week, no matter what, the first thing we want to do is understand what the game totals look like. And of course, the spreads, but the game totals are the first thing we look at. So I am here on sportsbetarmy.com slash odds where you can get all of the uh, game totals and team totals and pretty much everything you need right there. Now, we're going to ignore this very juicy game, Texans at the Chiefs. I can't believe the over-under is only 49 on that game. It seems it seems pretty low to me, but um, you know we'll get into the sports betting stuff on the Geeks Vegas line shows with myself and Statsational as we approach the season. For now, we're going to really focus on daily fantasy football. But if we take a look at the slate here, you're going to notice a very interesting phenomenon. There are no massively high projected games here. Every game is between 40 and 49. I guess this Bucks saints game is the highest projected at 49 and a half. And it's a very juicy game. There's no question about that exciting game. But um, right here, the, the first game that passes 50 points on the projected total is the Sunday night game, which is not included in the slate. So 
we've got a slate where most of the games are going to be in play. couple of exciting ones that that kind of pop here you've got seattle atlanta with a 49 point point total you've got um the raiders in carolina under the radar love this game for fantasy purposes the first one i went to to be quite honest and and um you know a couple other ones packers vikings i don't know about that one so we'll take a look at the players the salaries and compare one other thing i like to get a quick look at before we jump onto the games themselves. It's just, I like to look at the spreads just to see which games are projected to be close. Um, remember, we like running back in blowout wins. So we want running backs from winning too. I got to go over all, I'll go over all the rules of thumb, but we really want running backs, especially ones that don't participate heavily on third down or in pass catching situations. We want those running backs in games where their teams are projected to win the game. Um, so we always want to focus on Winning team running backs. Sanders comes into mind here. Josh Allen is kind of the running back for the Bills. He comes to mind here. we got a close game here, of course. Christian McCaffrey is always awesome. Uh, let's see. Colts projected to win, but we can't trust the running back situation there. Uh, Seven-point favorite. Baltimore, of course, where I mentioned them. San Francisco, again, a little bit sketchy running back situation uh, in terms of who's going to get the carries. But uh, those are the heavy favorites teams and maybe a little Miles Sanders here. Patriots don't have a clear running back play. So, you know, the first thing I do is I'm trying to, hey, who are the heavy favorites? We can look at some running backs. Got a few here, but also a lot of close games. And we're also going to try to discover where the values are. So let's go through it. Here we are. DraftKings. Week one. $5 million fantasy football millionaire, $1 million to first. What? All right, so they're collecting. Let's just take a look at this contest because it's a really exciting one. It's the kind of contest you really want to max out if you can. $5 entry, $1 million to first. Now, real quick before I get into this. If you're interested in trying to take down a million maker, my man... Adam Burns, a.k.a. Burnsy, a.k.a. the creator of the Shark Autopsy series of columns breaking down how to win the DraftKings Millimaker, has put out a complete book on the topic with all the stats, all the data, everything you need to attack this tournament. When you sign up uh, for DFSArmy.com as a VIP subscriber, you get that book included. If you're not a subscriber, go to DFSArmy.com and sign up as a VIP now before it's too late. Use my promo code GEEK. When you sign up, you get 20% off. You sign up for VIP. You get coaching from me. You get access to Burns's book. You get the NFL season-long draft kit. You get everything you need for all your fantasy season-long, daily, from, from team of winners. That's, that's the difference between us and everywhere else. Our side produces winners. We had a million-dollar winner last season. We'll talk more about that. Uh, Burns, who wrote the book on taking down the Millie Maker, had four or five top 20 finishes over the last year or two in that contest, which is unheard of. He hasn't taken the million yet, but I got a feeling he's going to take it this year or somebody who reads his book definitely will. So let's get into the slate. Now, remember, to attack a tournament, the most important thing is building correlation in your lineups. Quarterback attached to his pass catchers and team and game correlations, um, you know, players from one team, players from the other team, all in the same lineup. So I like to look for games 
where we can game stack. That's always important. All right, let's take a look at the first, uh, first, I guess, quarterback on the slate here, Lamar Jackson. Everybody loves Lamar Jackson. He's the man. We already know it. Um, I don't like paying up 8100 for a quarterback in general, but Lamar Jackson is going to be the primary stud on this slate. Uh, he's priced up at 8100 a full 1100 in salary more than the next best guy. So here's the thing, though. In week one, we may find that so much value opens up that we could just not worry about how much it costs to roster Lamar Jackson. He has by far and away the highest raw projection of any quarterback on the slate every single week. If you look at what he did last year, it was just unbelievable. You, I've just never seen these kind of numbers from a quarterback before in this level of consistency. Pat Mahomes didn't even come close to this. So yeah, I think there's a good chance that Russell Wilson, uh, that uh, Lamar Jackson will outscore most quarterbacks every single week of the season by 10 fantasy points, but we can also try to identify other quarterbacks for cheaper that can come close. So we don't only want to use Lamar here, but Lamar is a pretty comfortable play, especially if value opens up. Got to love him. Um, his pass catchers are going to be, I mean, his top guy is Mark Andrews. He's got Marquise Brown, Hollywood um, Brown priced at 5,100, you know, not bad. He's supposed to take a leap forward this year. We'll see if that happens. You've got Mark Andrews, and it's a very expensive stack. It's really on it, – it, the wide receiver is fine. The Trying to add a 6K tight end and an 8K quarterback and a wide receiver who's 5K, it's just a lot to spend right off the bat. But I do like the price on, on Brown here. I do like it. I do like it a lot. 5100 very comfortable, but I'm not sure the stack will work. Only leaves you 5K left. Again, we'll need a lot of value to make that work. So like Lamar Jackson here, not sure if I'd use him um, as a lock play. Uh, Russell Wilson on the road at Atlanta. That's always a good spot for a quarterback. So got to love Russell Wilson. He's going to be um, connected to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for the most part. What I like about this team is if Russell Wilson is scoring, he's throwing touchdowns. It usually also means that the running back is getting bottled up. And Atlanta was pretty good against the running back position last season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they were 11th overall. So, yeah, I mean, we all love Russell Wilson. He is an up-and-down player. He needs the opposing team. And this is the beautiful thing about Wilson. He needs the opposing team to score a lot for him to want to score because his team will just sit on the run if they can. So anytime Atlanta or the, the anytime Seattle is involved in a game and anytime he is the ultimate game stack quarterback. So we want to go Wilson. We want to throw either Metcalf or Lockett in there. Let's see who's cheaper. Ooh, Metcalf, a little cheaper here. Lockett priced up at 6,500. You can get Metcalf for 5,800. And I want to bring it back for the piece from Atlanta. And that could be, um, you know, TG Thrizzles, Todd Gurley. Okay. That can be Julio or Calvin Ridley. It's got to be someone. I'm not going to go Hayden Hurst just yet. Not ready for that. Bring it back with one of those guys. But I love the Wilson stack as well. Good game. Lots of potential scoring in Atlanta's defense is just not spectacular across the board. Um, let's look at some other names here. I think it's going to be fairly high owned. Of course, Drew Brees, Tampa, New Orleans. This could be an explosion of fantasy points. Or it could be a dud. You never know. 
let's see what the let me let me get a look at the over under on this Tampa New Orleans. I have to assume this one's the highest of the of the week. I, I would think this will come in right. I guess we didn't have a fifty, so this might be forty nine. Let's take a look. Yeah, forty nine. Th- there we go. Seattle Atlanta. No, where's the big one here? Yeah, 49 and a half. So this is the juiciest game. 49 and a half. Let's take a look at the spread real quick. I was I, I need to see it. I need to see it. I need to see it all the time. Yeah. Saints, slight favorite. I mean, spectacular. Tom Brady. Now, there are some concerns. I have real concerns about the ability of Tom Brady, for example, to mesh in this offense really, really fast. And so I certainly wouldn't be betting on Tampa here. I would certainly be favoring New Orleans, even though they're on the road for that reason. I just think Brady's a notorious slow starter anyway. They're learning a new system. These players have not been around each other very much. So I have a lot of concerns about playing the offensive skill pieces from Tampa. But, you know, could be overblown. They could come out and crush. I don't know. But that, that's that's my concern. If this was at New Orleans, I'd be all over the New Orleans defense, actually. On the road, I'm less excited about it. But Drew Brees, good spot at home. Always love Brees with Mike Thomas. I mean, uh, Kamara's there. i got to love some uh, Manny Sanders, too. He's priced up a little bit. A little surprising. See uh, Sanders all the way up at 5700 I thought we'd get a bargain on him early. Not happening. So um, that's definitely an interesting game. I'm going to want to stack that in tournaments. I think so far the cash play is still going to be Lamar Jackson. You know, we'll have to see how how much salary we can get. But Lamar, to me, you just take the 30 plus and you kind of go with it. Cleveland not going to be able to really do anything to slow them down. You know, continuing down, Matt Ryan at home against Seattle. Perfectly great matchup. Uh, Ryan is a veteran, been with this team forever, been with his quarterback, wide receiver crew forever. You know, you can match, pair him up with Julio or Calvin Ridley. I like Gage as a kind of sleeper. We'll see what happens um, as we approach this game. If anybody ever gets hurt on Atlanta, Russell Gage, I believe his name is Russell. I think the first name is Russell. Let's see. Yeah, there he is. Russell Gage. Um, you know, he had a nice little run at the end of last year. Seven receptions, five receptions. Look at all these targets. 13 targets, 6664. Six, six, this is pretty good. 4,300. That, that'll be a potential salary saver piece, especially in Matt Ryan game stacks uh, built around that specific game. Josh Allen is a play I love week one. One of my favorites on the board. Josh Allen led Burnsy's team to an almost million dollar win on a week where he just got ignored. And that's just what happens with Josh Allen. There's other exciting options and he just gets ignored. Um, He tends to give you around this 20 to 25 point range, but every once in a while you get a big one out of him, a little 33 pointer, a little 27 pointer. And I think Allen's going to come back better than ever last season on the bold calls podcast. We talked about how going into the season, we were incredibly high on Lamar Jackson. And now that seems super obvious and you're all like, oh, big shit. What do you know? He was ranked as probably QB 10 to 16 by most of your, quote, generic fantasy football rankers. 
Okay. Allen was coming in 16. I mean, we just crushed it. So we had Lamar Jackson ranked number four overall. He was on all my fantasy teams last year. And the reason, and this is more important, the reason was his team, this was a quarterback that needed to get A, an offense built around him, comfortable in the offense, not as good of a thrower, a great runner, right? Needed the the passing game to come to him, but also to have an offense built around him, which is not what we saw in his first season with Baltimore. Now with Josh Allen, his talent has come through. The the Bills coaching staff has really seen at this point after two full seasons what he's good at, what he's capable of. They're working on some of his um, issues, but he's a scrambler. He's going to run around. He's going to sling it. He's got Stefan Diggs now, who is the perfect wide receiver to sling it to, deep ball threat. He's still got John Brown and Cole Beasley crossing over the middle. So nice little group of weapons. They added an elite wide receiver one. And I just think even more than that, the practice, the repetition, the familiarity with the offense, and the opponent, the Jets. No secondary to speak of. Lost Jamal Adams. Not a very good pass-defending team, but a team that's been very good at stopping the run. So the most likely scenario here is the Bills throwing. Now, in order for this to work out, the Jets will have to score. Now, and I think the Jets are going to be a little bit better team than people think as well. So I think the Jets will be able to go in there and potentially put up some points, force the Bills to score a little bit. Now, it's not a lock, but a sneaky tournament, um, you know, try to win the Millie Maker situation right here. Get a little Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs action going. Diggs is uh, in a 6,400. He's not completely cheap, but... It only takes a couple big plays to crush this um, salary level. So um, I'm always going to play Josh Allen's stack every week. I just can't forget that this guy leads people to tournament wins. If you want to bring it back with someone on the Jets, maybe a Jamison Crowder or a Bashard Perriman, but I'm not sure that's necessary here. Um, I, I just can't trust Le'Veon Bell. All right, moving down the list here. Kyler Murray, very sneaky tournament play week one. No one's going to want to play a quarterback. At San Francisco, no one, but this is a big, but it's a big, but huge, but big old, but Murray did pretty good against San Francisco last year. Look at this 26.7 uh, fantasy points in, in that second game. I think even in the first game, 23. So Kyler Murray torched the 49ers and the 49ers were, were like an elite defense at that point. He torched them, right? And you know who else torched San Francisco? My man, the Dreezy himself, Kenyon Drake. Hello. No one played him except for me. Um, 14 fantasy points. Very cheap salary the first game. But check out the first one. 31 fantasy points against San Francisco. And a respectable 15. Listen. Could be worse. Wasn't terrible. In the second game. So... Drake caught six of seven uh, receptions that second game. First game, he did a lot of it on the ground, but um, definitely not a cash play. You don't want to be loading up on players at San Francisco generally. But two things involved here. Number one, the home field advantage. We really have to wipe it out this year. There's no fans. There's no cheering. So I'm not sure that we need to worry about who's home and who's away. I just don't. I, I don't think that that's a factor anymore why would it be 
get statsational on, on the Geeks Vegas Line Show. We'll, we'll cover that topic ahead of week one. We'll go over that in depth because I want to know from a betting angle, like, are they, you know, these, these stadiums with no fans, should we be giving them any home field advantage at all? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I like Kyler Murray here. I do. I do. I like him for the low ownership. I like him for the fact that he torched San Francisco last year. Now he's got DeAndre Hopkins. There's more weapons. Another year more used to the offense. Sure. Take a shot. Very low ownership. All right. Carson Wentz. Same deal. Good spot. A lot of good spots week one. I'm going up against uh, the football club at Washington. We'll call them. The Washington Football Club. I never really play Wentz, but um, I, I don't like his weapon group. Generally, I'm probably going to be more excited to play uh, play Miles Sanders here, but certainly Zach Ertz and Deshaun Jackson. I'm not playing Deshaun Jackson. I don't care. Not after what he said. He's He's dead to me. I don't deal with that. I'll play Kareem Hunt. He kicked his girlfriend. No big deal. Kicked a woman. We forgive that. But Deshaun, unforgivable. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't send me hate mail, guys. Come on. Um, all right. Aaron Rodgers. Sure, I don't love this spot. Uh, Minnesota defense is really good. But Aaron Rodgers will win you also. Same guy. He'll win you a, a Millie Maker once in a while. So that's certainly a stack to get some interest in. Uh, Matt Stafford is a no for me. Chicago, not a great spot. Cam Newton. A lot of people are going to want to play Cam Newton week one. I don't, I'm not ready for this step yet. Cam Newton, new offense. I'm, I'm avoiding in the early weeks. I'm really going to avoid players on new teams. I, I don't think this off season has been normal and it, it doesn't seem like it's going to allow for chemistry to be achieved between these players. Um, Newton was already kind of, Meh, last season, his fantasy scoring for the last couple of years, it's just been down. We'll see if he could turn it around with the Patriots. We'll see if he's even the starter. I've heard rumors of split of platoons and who knows what they're going to do over in, over in um, New England with the quarterback situation. Rivers, very sneaky. No one's going to be on him. Certainly has lots of weapons to throw to. T.Y. Hilton uh, and Rivers supposedly are having a great um, chemistry right now and i've heard that uh paris campbell's doing really well in their uh practices as well so philip rivers not my guy but a little expensive at 6k teddy bridgewater i just like this game so i'm gonna be on it uh, and i can't I, I just can't roster Derek carr he's not my guy so i'm interested in bridgewater i'm i'm worried that Christian McCaffrey could take over a game like this with his running skills, and that's what takes away from the quarterback position. But at the same time, that's that is it's just what takes away. We know we assume based on on the spread that this team can on the over under that uh, let's say the where are we Tampa. Not Tampa. Yeah, Panthers. Yeah, we look at the the total here. 47 points. 
Carolina at home. Basically, even money spread. Raiders are actually favored here. So, if the Raiders are keeping up in this game, actually take a minute with this one. The Raiders are keeping up with this game. Carolina's got to put the pedal to the metal. Right? Obviously, we love Christian McCaffrey. He's already priced all the way up as if he's in midseason form. Fine. DJ Moore is here. Curtis Samuel is here. Got a couple good options. There's a cheap tight end. Ian Thomas, 3,400. Now, for this to work, we need the Raiders to be scoring, or else this doesn't work. How are they scoring? That means... Josh Jacobs is doing some damage. Now, I don't normally play Josh Jacobs on DraftKings for 6800 Price is ridiculous. But but Josh Jacobs needs to be scoring. We probably need a pass catcher. Maybe Fats Waller. What's his salary? Oh, hell no. So, uh, hell hell no. I got it the hell no song. For, for uh, Players Club or for one of my pods this season, you will hear the hell no song. I'm going to get it so that I can just smash it and you can just hear it. It's going to be awesome. But um, let's see. Teddy Bridgewater's in there. We need some players from the – the problem is who the hell do we want to play from the Raiders? Jalen Ray- – I mean, yeah, Ruggs? I mean, I don't know. That's the problem. Brian Edwards? No. I don't know. But nonetheless, for Carolina to be pushing the pace, you're going to need Vegas to be scoring. I'm going to have a hard time saying Vegas and then like Las Vegas Raiders. It doesn't flow. I'm going to have to train my brain to say it. It doesn't flow. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Look at the rest of these quarterbacks because we want some cheap ones. I have a favorite down low. Well, let's see where he is. Here he is. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, some other ones. Derek Carr, I don't play him. Uh, Gardner Minshew, good spot. I'm not going to get into too much detail with some of these other ones. Gardner Minshew, I like. He runs the football a little bit. Um, certainly DJ Shark, uh, Minshew to Shark, low-owned stack. I think it's going to actually be a really great stack for week one. No one wants to play the unknowns. But in this case, I think the Colts are pretty good too. It's just a good all-around game to stack up. Um, Burrow, rookie for Cincinnati, probably not going to go there um, right off the bat. Garoppolo, so... If Arizona's scoring, Garoppolo will need to start throwing. Uh, San Francisco is a very predictable team. They will run it if they can. So essentially, much like Seattle and Russell Wilson, Garoppolo and the 49ers will take every opportunity to take the ball out of the quarterback's hand and just run the shit out of it, right? They just want to smash it. As a matter of fact, George Kittle, the only pass catcher, and he's tight end, but he's cheering. Let's run it again. I mean, I, if you watch the game tape with the sound, with the voice, you hear George Kittle screaming, run it again. I mean, these guys, I love their attitude for running the football. But if they can't run, if they need to catch up, Jimmy Garoppolo can unleash. And, you know, in that situation, he could put up some numbers. It's going to be tough. I think um, they've lost a few of their pass catching weapons. But what, what's nice about that is, you go straight 
George Kittle. That's simple. Happens to be Arizona, which is known for being terrible against the tight end position for whatever that's worth. But Garoppolo to George Kittle, adding in Kenyon Dreezy, maybe a piece like DeAndre Hopkins. It's a very nice stackable game from both perspectives. So I like that one quite a bit. Um, a lot to like here. These are tournament plays. You know, this is what we're looking at is, hey, how are we going to attack this Millie Maker contest? And the number one thing, we don't have ownership projections yet, but it's very, very important to get leverage. All right, let me let me get into a little bit of basic approach. What we're trying to do is get leverage on the field in a, in a Millie Maker. This is the stuff in Burns' book that you guys should read. It doesn't help me to go up against 1 million, that's right, 1 million other lineups with the chalk quarterback. And here's the reason. When you go up against a million, let's say a chalk quarterback is 20% owned. That means that that quarterback is going to be in 200,000 lineups. So now, in order to win this contest, I've got to beat 200,000 lineups for the 20% owned quarterback. Well, what if I find a 2% owned quarterback? That goes from 200,000 down to 20,000 or 40,000. Now you might say, that doesn't sound that good either, and it doesn't, but it's a lot better than 200,000. So I want to give myself the best shot to win. And in a millimaker contest with a million entries, Ownership is a killer. You have to stay away from any sort of chalk. You need one, two, 5% owned plays, mostly. Not all, but mostly, especially week one, especially at the wide receiver position, which is very volatile. So we want to get on guys that that no one is on for week one, like, like Mitch Trubisky. No one's going to play Mitch Trubisky. And, you know, Allen Robinson's there, and he's good, and Terry Cohen can take one to the house, and all of a sudden, Mitch Trubisky could put up 25 points for cheap and allow you a very unique lineup construction. Sam Darnold, same deal. No one wants to play Darnold. No one likes the Jets. Jets fucking suck. They're at Buffalo. Buffalo's got a scary red 10 next to the opponent rank. This is another pro tip for you guys. This opponent rank scares people off of players. It absolutely affects ownership. So when you see opponent rank second, opponent rank, as long as red, one, no one wants to play and they're all scared, right? You know what I say? I don't give a shit. Week one, give me Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to start for Miami. I don't care. I don't care that it's the Patriots. The guy's going to be one, 2% owned. He's a monster when he goes off. You play him in the Millie Maker because the probability of him having a bad game is high, but so what? The probability of you winning a one in a million contest is one in a million. It's lower than his probability of having a bad game, uh, you know, so of having a great game. So you just do it. That's how it's done. Okay. Yeah, that's most, uh, we went through most of the quarterback position. I'm just going to look at running backs. I don't want to get too in-depth because running backs are, uh, you know, wide receivers, for example, are really connected to the quarterbacks that we play. I'm just going to look at some salaries. Um, this can also help us with our daily fantasy football drafts. Note the order of the salaries here. So obviously Christian McCaffrey is head and shoulders above everybody else. 
Then you've got Cook, Kamara, Eckler. Now, if you're drafting your season-long fantasy draft right now, Eckler's kind of, even in PPR, he's kind of fallen to the end of the second round. Note that, you know, people who are putting money on the game are paying more for Eckler than they are for Joe Mixon, who goes borderline a full round ahead of Eckler. That's because the money knows more than the uh, cheesy-ass BS pundits who rank these guys for season long, okay? And they give you these rankings. Oh, yes, I I know my rankings. Look at my rankings, all right? Don't look at those guys. Look at people who play for big money. I've got multiple thousand-dollar best ball entries going. I got so many best balls. My balls are bouncing on my fucking chin. I'm I'm not going to say what it's like. The best balls bouncing off my chin. So many best balls I'm doing. Don't listen to the consensus ranks, guys. So, so because you're not going to win that way. You know, look at Miles Sanders. He's all the way down at 6,300. He's going like third or fourth. You know, he's going six, seven. He's going above a lot of these guys. He's going above Drake by far, above Eckler by, by Look at him. He's down here. Anyway, but I do like to look at this to get a sense of the player value. Um, you know, McCaffrey, great play. Dalvin Cook, let's see what kind of volume he gets this season. Kamara, not not a good spot. Uh, Tampa just stifled running backs last year, and I think it's real. So I'm not going there. Eckler, I love. I love him. Cincinnati, oh my God, smash that button week one, guys. Don't even think twice. Right? I don't love his quarterback. I don't love his team. I think they're going to be shit. But Eckler, and he's so ripped. Love that too, but he's a real wide receiver running back hybrid. He's basically Christian McCaffrey light. If they gave him 28, 30 touches a game, like McCaffrey gets, he would be Christian McCaffrey or basically the same. That's right. I got a comment already. Week one, anything goes. Hell yeah. As a matter of fact, it's not just anything goes, BT35H1, but... We want to, we'll have ownership projections for week one. That's part of what we give for DFS Army VIP subscribers. It's very, very important. We have some of the best ownership projections in the industry. We've, we've, we've tested them. We know this. It's, it's part of the edge. And we're going to use that. We've created a tool called a, a Leverage Stacks tool that is exclusive for DFS Army VIPs. Not just VIPs. We have, or we're adding an NFL only sub for anybody who's not subscribed to DFS Army right now. We're adding one in probably next week. It'll be a little bit cheaper. Uh, a lot of people have asked me, hey, I just do NFL. Fine, we've added it. It's going to have season long and uh, DFS all in one as a thing. If you only play daily fantasy football, you're, you're from my heart. You saw my ranking here. I mostly play daily fantasy football. That's what I love the most. Then I do MMA and I play NBA and other sports in the offseason because you know our tools are awesome, but I love, I love football. So where was I? Eckler. Love Eckler. Week one, anything goes. You want to focus on leverage against the field, against ownership. It's much more important than who the players are that you're picking. Life is a gamble, says not everything. Not everything. Yeah, he plays uh, DFS football. So (laughs) I don't even know what we're talking about. You got me confused, guys. Come on. So ownership and leverage against the field is really key. We have a tool now that will show you expected ownership of a quarterback stack versus the probability of that being one of the top the, the top stack of the day. And we're trying to identify 
is leverage. If Lamar Jackson is going to be 30% owned week one in a stack with Brown and or Andrews, but that only has a 14% chance of being the highest scoring stack that week, then when we use that, we're getting negative leverage. The example that I've been using for many, many years is when you do a March Madness sheet, right? Duke is the number one favorite. They're always the top favorite, right? And let's say Duke is minus 100 to win the tournament, 50-50 odds. And in your league, he's going to be 60% owned. Well, do I want to go out? I mean, Duke's probably going to win. I'm not denying that. But the problem is when you choose them, that doesn't mean you win your, your bracket. The same way with the tournament. Let's say Lamar Jackson is the best for week one. Well, if I have to go up against three, 400,000 other lineups, all with Lamar Jackson at the helm, the chances of me then also being the best of those are minuscule. So what we want to do is give ourselves leverage by saying, you know what, let 30% of the field take this guy. And if he's great, okay. Let them fight it out for those 300,000 lineups to be the best. But if I can get a 3% owned guy and only go up against a fraction of the number of lineups, then I have an edge on the field. See, yeah, you're saying you see him say, I got a commenter saying, I see him being on that first place million maker lineup. Sure, he's the most likely quarterback to score the most points every single week of the season, but he also costs more than all of the others. So he not only has to score the most points, but when you're talking about a quarterback who's 8,100, this is why he might not be. Are you telling me that even if Lamar Jackson scores 30 points, that not one other NFL quarterback at all in this group will score close to 30 fantasy points? I say that is the low likelihood possibility. I say it's much more likely that at least one other quarterback who is thousands cheaper scores similar, the same, or more than Lamar Jackson and saves you thousands in salary to apply elsewhere. So that's where I'm getting at. That's why we throw a lot of darts at the field and we worry about ownership. Listen, if Lamar Jackson does it and he's in the nuts and... 300,000 people, one of those 300,000 people who play him might get it. Okay, great. But I don't think I'm good enough to build a lineup to feel confident that it could be 300,000 people. And if I go, get into the odds of that happening, where if I got into this and I said, all right, Lamar Jackson has a 25% chance to score the most points on the slate, and then I get a 1 in 300,000 shot at having the best lineup out of that, I'm those odds are astronomical. I want to reduce the odds and in my favor. And the best way to do it is to stay away from the high-owned player. Remember that if you're attacking a big contest and your, your thought is what's going to get me to the cash line, not what's going to get me the first place win, you're attacking it wrong. You should not attack this style of contest that way. There are contests for that that are you know with 30 people in it, with 25 people, with 150 entrance. Those are the ones where you want to make those type of decisions with a massive contest. Ownership is first and foremost, the number one factor to consider much more important than who the player is much more important. All right. So I don't even know where I got to. Oh yeah. Talking to running back real quick. Sorry for the long sidebar. That's just how I roll. Um, Running back position, Joe Mixon, good spot at home. You know, big, big hype machine 
the Bengals will need to be ahead in order for Mixon to have a great game. But I also think with the new quarterback in play that the coaching staff will know to lean on the running back, not put too much on the rookie's hands. It all spells good game for Joe Mixon. Sanders, we love. Great spot. Uh, Todd Gurley, no one wants to play Todd Gurley. You know, a little scary, but I think it's good play. Another guy that I'm thinking about, where's my... I guess uh, Pittsburgh does not play on the slate. That's why I can't find the Terminator, James Conner. Girly 6,100. James White, 6K. What's up with that? No way. Uh, Leonard Fournette, a little pricey up here at, at 6K as well. We, we don't know what kind of usage he's going to get. I'm not going there. Um, Raheem Mostert in a good spot. Certainly, I'd love to have one of these two guys, you know, some clarity as far as what San Francisco is going to do at running back. I definitely don't ever trust any of these guys in cash because it could be Mostert, it could be Coleman, or somebody else like Jarek McKinnon can pop up and do some damage. Bell just can't trust him. Mark Ingram, I do like a little bit. I think um, I like Mark Ingram a lot for best ball leagues, um, but certainly if you're not going to play Lamar Jackson, one of the best ways to get leverage against him is to play a Mark Ingram because Mark Ingram... Last year when Lamar Jackson had his one kind of dud, it was Mark Ingram going off, right? So whenever Mark Ingram, or a lot of time, not always, but because he caught some touchdowns too. Like this is a pass, a receiving touchdown, but two receiving touchdowns. So he does not necessarily completely negatively correlate with Lamar Jackson. But I do remember this week here, very important. Think about this. All right. Let's talk about week three. The ultimate load up on Baltimore week. It was Chalk City. They're going up against Kansas City. You couldn't ask for better. This is how DFS, daily fantasy football goes, guys. I want to this 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 is the perfect. This is where Bobby Wow, I believe, won the million dollars last year. Our own Bobby Wow won the Millionaire, Millionaire Maker contest on FanDuel. I believe it, it could have been this week because I, I have a memory of this situation. So everybody's playing Lamar Jackson. I'm going to show you what Lamar Jackson did in that game because they're going up against K-Sizzles, okay? 58-point game total. It's crazy. What happened? Mark Ingram comes in and rushes for four touchdowns, negating Lamar Jackson in the best, most hyped spot of the entire year. Now, let me show you what Lamar Jackson did week three. This is like I'm getting away from the slate and teaching you guys DFS strategy here, but I love it. That's what I like to talk about. So Lamar Jackson, week three, look what happened. Okay, where, where was his dud? 21. Okay, no, no, it's not that bad. For Lamar Jackson, that's a disaster. Priced up, only 21 points. The other thing was you stacked him with his pass catchers, Marquise Brown and Andrews, and neither one of them did enough. That game, again, the chalkiest game, 4.5 points for Andrews, disaster. What about Marquise Brown? Maybe he did okay. Let's take a look. Marquise Brown, Hollywood. What did he do week three? He didn't do shit. So even if you had Lamar and you're like, well, you know what? 21 fantasy points. It's not that bad. 
Yes, it is because your stack partners, sorry, I don't, you know what? I will zoom in on this. Your stack partners did shit. So ownership is so important in these games. And you'll see it. Everybody on Lamar, yeah, okay, he scored 21. No, everybody who stacked Lamar in week three lost all their money. Bobby Wow throws in a lineup with Ingram, who no one was on for no good reason, because they're on Lamar. And they're like, well, they're they're, they're opposite correlated, right? So no one played Ingram because they were playing Lamar. That's how you win the Millie Maker. That's how you attack this contest and take it down. Not by doing the obvious thing. As a matter of fact, when something, when when I was in, all right, I'm going to tell a story. Since BT35H1 said I could do my thing, I'm going to tell a story. When I went to the King of the Beach last year, it was Falcons Chalk Week. You know what? I'm going to bring that shit up too. You know what? Let's, 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 let's make the size bigger here. It was Atlanta going up against Tampa. Julio, Matt Ryan, Chalk Week. It was a tough week for salaries, right? Again, Matt Ryan at Tampa. Not this week. It was week, uh, when was it? Week 12. Here we go. What happened? Falcons home versus Tampa, I believe it was. Matt Ryan, nine fantasy points. I shit you not. This guy was 35, 40% owned. And this was a contest valued at $22,000 per entry. And that's the thing. As you get into smaller contests, you could start to really predict. Now, you could start to really predict quarterback ownership. So. What did what who did he take down with him? Everybody went Matt Ryan to Julio Jones. What did Julio Jones do that week? He didn't do much. So you spent all of your salary on Julio and Matt Ryan. Julio, 11 fantasy points. He was like 40% owned in that contest. So a big reason why I did well is because I didn't play Julio Jones. I I wanted still to get on that chalk game, but I said everybody's gonna owe Julio. Um, yeah, I finished, I think in 14th place, I went to, um, I went to Calvin Ridley and I got 22 fantasy points for cheaper. Got to play what the field is doing. Oh, there he is. Tay for Brady. Okay. Nice. See, I didn't know who you were. Good. What's up, Tay? Um, Tay 12 Brady. You don't like my Brady take, but I have to tell you, my man, I do think it's going to take a little bit for TB12 to get adjusted in TB. What the fuck? I just thought of that. All right. Anyway, let's just keep going through the, the running back position because I've gone on a crazy side note here. Uh, Marlon Mack, that's not my thing. Yardage and touchdowns competing with Jonathan Taylor. I'm not a Rojo guy either here. I don't think any of these pay down options are the best. Maybe a J.K. Dobbins might hold some interest. I certainly think, um, you know, without an injury, that this area is just gross, really. So we don't have the salary relief. It could be D. Harris, by the way. Somebody talked about Sony Michelle and how James White is going to be great. But uh, Damian uh, Snacks Harris, maybe he'll emerge as the starting. I don't know. Maybe. Could happen. Could happen. Damian Snacks Harris. 
We'll need a, uh, an injury or a situation. Alexander Madison could be thrust into a role if, you know, Dalvin Cook's holdout thing is, keeps going. And it, right now they've broken off negotiations, could do some crazy shit. Um, all right, so that's the running back position. Right now we got to wait. We just got to wait. But, you know, I'm going to do my best to get Christian McCaffrey in, in my lineups every week. Just know that. Always. Uh, I'm not going to jump in too far to the wide receiver position because I just believe that wide receiver is very strongly tied to the quarterback. So, you know, I want Mike Thomas anyway, but certainly if I'm playing Teddy Bridgewater, you know, Julio, uh, you know, got to go with Matt Ryan or, or Russell Wilson once, you know, it's got to be part of a game stack. Godwin, same deal, maybe part of a game stack. I, I really like Godwin a little bit more than Evans just this season overall. Um, Hopkins getting started with Arizona. We'll see how that goes. Thielen is going to be one of my favorite plays early in the season. Only game in town for Minnesota in the past. So I think he will just see volume. DJ Moore continue to do what he did last year. So lots of good options here. But I, you know, one area I really like are these middling guys. The guys who I'm targeting really in um season-long fantasy as well. The Allen Robinsons, the DJ Sharks. Where's my boy uh Terry Scary Terry? I love that. I mean, this is one of the best plays on the board, Terry McLaurin. Uh, 5,600 against a non-existent or really bad Philadelphia secondary. John Brown is a big no here at this price. They just overpriced him. Um, he's not priced well. Tyrell the Gazelle at fucking 50. What are you, nuts? Have you lost your mind? What's wrong with you? Marquise Brown, sure, 5,100. Got to like that. Let's see if there's any cheapies that look good. Kendrick Bourne might be interesting. Uh, San Francisco has like no one else at wide receiver right now. Um, Deshaun. Jackson, we don't talk about the Sean Jackson around here. Um, Alan Lazard, interesting, sure, uh, with Minnesota having uh, some elite cornerback play. Maybe Alan Lazard kind of gets the weaker of their cornerback situation. Let's see if there's any cheapies that we like. Uh, you know, these are really, it's funny, not a ton of, well, here's a little value, but not a ton of value. Steve Sims Jr. will start in the slot for the Washington Football Club. Um, that's fine. I like that a little bit. Sub 5K. D.D. Westbrook is a no. Mike Williams is a no. Robbie Anderson is a no. Curtis Samuel is a... If I had the kombucha lady meme that I could slap up here, she's basically... Curtis Samuel is like kombucha tea. What's that stuff? Kombucha tea. Chris is talking about Yes, Saints defense. I love it. Love it. Talked about it a little earlier. Just that I, I just don't think Brady is ready right off the bat. And and I think people are going to misjudge how long it takes to learn a new offense for an old man. Listen, I'm an old guy. Okay. I, it's hard to teach me new tricks. It's fucking hard. I'm in my routine. It's hard. I don't want to learn something new. That's that's Brady. He's like, what's this? Oh, I got to learn new stuff. Can you guys just put in my old offense? You know, like Brady wants to bring an offensive coordinator with him so he doesn't have to learn. Brandon Ayuk, rookie. I'm I'm very skeptical of rookies early. I like Brandon Ayuk. First round pick, great. Get him on your fantasy team. Get him on your... Uh, yeah, Sanu I don't like. No. Sanu actually, he's probably the best guy for Cam because he's giant. And Cam is not able to throw an accurate pass. He needs giant pass catchers. So Sanu is actually a good fit for him, but no. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. I don't like the rookies early, Chris. I think they need some time to figure out how to 
play in the NFL, learn the routes, get comfortable with the quarterback. It can happen. I've seen rookies go off in their first game. I'm pretty sure Odell Beckham went bananas in his first ever football game. And there's been a couple of others um, that have done that. But for the most part, I try to avoid it. Curtis Samuel, kombucha team. Hmm. I think he's going to do a lot better this year. Carolina has a real quarterback now, and that is a major difference maker for them. Samuel, just they just didn't have anybody who could throw to him. Um, one of my favorites, Preston Williams, for this season. I don't know about week one. They got the Patriots defense or whatever, but if it's Fitzpatrick out there, I don't give a fuck. I'll play Preston Williams. He is a beast. He's really just a talented player. Uh, no one knows about. He got hurt last year, but he's out there making fucking uh, – you know, Odell Beckham style, one-handed grabs. He's just an athletic freak. I love this kid. Um, Brandon Ayuk, the aforementioned by Chris. It's cheap. Could be a game where they need to throw a lot. So they might need him. I'm worried about a rookie, but he's worth he's worth some tournament stabs, certainly at this price level. Uh, these are all no's. Again, we don't want to get too like Jalen Rager. It seems like it should work, but Again, week one with a rookie, super sketchy. Maybe take a share or two, but don't go crazy. Um, he's cheap. I get it. He's probably the one of the top pass-catching wide receiver options. for. But they have Ertz. They have Godert. They throw to other people. They'll throw to Sanders. So he's not going to be the top pass-catching option by any chance. Brian Edwards, man. Dude looks good. By week four, he will have made Terrell the gazelle even more irrelevant than he is. The fact that the gazelle is priced up here at this is only a this is called a trap. It's probably it's, this trap is here. It's set for CSU Ram specifically. He's obsessed with Terrell the gazelle. They laid a trap for him, priced him up over here, made it seem like he's a real viable player. It's a trap. And that's it. B below this level, man, we're getting to the ugly zone right now. It's the ugly zone. I mean, Miles Boykin, sure, in tournaments, I guess. Super, super deep field stack with. This is if you want to get unique with Lamar Jackson, that's how you do it. You go and, you know, with crazy Miles Boykin, who no one wants to use. Um, but again, we've gotten past the what, what I'd call the area of viability. And I'm going to wrap it up there. We've taken a sort of a more than brief, a pretty long look at week one salaries. We talked about a lot of um, strategy for week one. Talked about a lot of general DFS strategy, which is what I like to do. Um, what's my take on Justin Jefferson? Uh, Chiefs will be out all year. Again, Justin Jefferson is the same as all the rookies. It's going to take them a minute to get comfortable. I love Justin Jefferson. He's a, a great player. It's going to take him a minute. At that price, you could play him, you know, stack him up with Kirk Cousins only. I would definitely not play him as a standalone thing. But with these rookie wide receivers, they ha they're not having – I want to stress this because it's different than other years. In other years, it was still difficult for rookies to get up to speed. This year is even more. They're not really playing. They're not practicing, not practicing against other teams. Their first game action is going to be the first real kind of game action these rookies have seen. I just think that – it's asking a lot for a first-time player who has not had any sort of real preseason experience at all to come out there and just have a great game. It could happen, but I would. It, it's more of a shock when it does. Now, before I let you guys go, it's been a long time. Do me a favor as you're watching this video, 
If you like what I have to say, if you want to see my videos, I do these all season long. Smash like on this video if you think this content is good. It helps us get out there, helps people see what we're doing. Subscribe to the channel if you want to both get notified when I go live on a feed, and then I'm answering questions live, which I love to do. Or to just be notified when a new video comes out. You have to hit subscribe for that. Hit the notify button. You know, smash it. Don't just hit it. Smash it. Right? During the season, I'll be back every week with a show that I call the Geeks Vegas Line Show, where I'll join a sports betting expert, John Statsational Alicia, and we'll break down all of the games from a fantasy and betting perspective. John is also a top 20 DFS player in the world. He's one of the best gambling minds in the industry. We're going to get him on every single week. You have to smash like and subscribe to be notified when those come out. That's what you got to do. So do it for me. Do me a favor. I will be back with a more brief version of a FanDuel breakdown. I need a day in between. Give me a day. So I'll be back another day. We'll, t we'll look at the FanDuel salaries. We'll look at the FanDuel pricing for week one. We'll talk a little FanDuel strategy. Again, this is multiple weeks before the season. we got lots of time. Many, many things will happen between now and then, including running backs getting injured for the season, backups coming in. All of that shit is going to happen. It always does. So there'll be lots of new information by the time we pop back on here. But this is just a first taste, a little taste. Get the NFL juices flowing. Reminder, DFSArmy.com, sign up as a VIP or any kind, but monthly VIP is your best bet. You get all DFS sports coaching, coaching for myself. You can interact with me, ask me questions, ask our stable of pros. We have experts for every sport. I'm not an expert in every sport. I do football. I do MMA. We have experts in other sports that are higher ranked than I am that help with those sports. Right now, they're working NBA. They're working MLB. They're working PGA. They're doing all these things. So get in there if you play daily fantasy sports and you want to get better. If you want to not lose all the time, we can help you stabilize. We can help teach you the techniques that the pros use to win. And we have those kind of tools as well. I only use DFS Army tools. That's it. For my play, I've spent over a million dollars in entries. You can see my DraftKings account here in the background. You can see I'm not full of shit. There is real money in there. I am not able to enter contests under $4 or, or you know, I'm priced out of most contests. So using our tools, this is how we got there. Get signed up to DFS Army VIP. I will see you guys next time. Breaking down the FanDuel. And then I'll be back for a number of preseason strategy shows where we talk about correlation. We talk about how we construct lineups. We'll go in-depth in these strategy conversations before the beginning of the season. Looking forward to it. So see you guys next time. Thanks for popping in. Again, smash like, subscribe, put a comment. However you're listening to this, YouTube, put a comment. We see those comments. I'll answer every comment. You got a question. You got a comment. You hate me. You love me. Put it in there. All right. Take Best coaches in the game, <laughs> we really ain't playing. We regroup up in the Slack chat where the coaches debrief. 
We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block, helmets, casket is top. You be seeing helmet after helmet, helmet after helmet. First place, second place, fifth place, eighth place, twelfth place, fifteenth.